Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hayden, joined always by Chris. Yeah, what up? It is another week. There's been a lot of video game news. Destiny's out, or the expansion for Destiny's out. Uh, Xbox and PlayStation both launched their new consoles, so we're going to probably spend a bulk of today talking about that. But Chris... I'm, we're just jumping into it. I know you wanted to talk about it last week, but so I'll give you the floor early. Tell <laughs> me about Watch Dogs and what you do or do not like about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the the unfortunate truth is that in like the two weeks that Watch Dogs has been out, I have only played two and a half hours of it. Okay. <clears throat> and that's because um, this... This is not only kind of expected from Watch Dogs as a series, but also at this point, unfortunately, Ubisoft as a studio. And I guess I don't know how Assassin's Creed Valhalla is being received, but there's so many little things about Watch Dogs that makes it come off as a lesser game than what should be made from a AAA studio. Really? Uh, Just in the way that, like, controls are handled or the interface is designed... Um, and, and a lot of this is really brought to the forefront in the intro sequences of the game. Sorry, I had to burp there, my Diet Coke. <laughs> um, and, and it's really unfortunate because there's a lot about the intro that I really, really like that I think, dare I say, if it was made by a more competent dev, could lead to a really good game. That's kind of a big oof there. Yeah, so so here's the thing, right? I'm going to give you the setup. So okay. so Watchdog, Watchdogs Legion... There, there isn't really a main character, right? Yeah, I. It's like you just play a anyone, right? Yeah, and and granted, uh, all this could be kind of inaccurate based on how the story really unfolds, because there are established characters that are with you the whole way. So this is more just a first impression thing, still. But uh, there's no main character. There's not one character you play as. Therefore, all the characters you play as are going to be kind of generic because they're all just recruits to DedSec because the idea of the game is that you can recruit anybody, even old women or street youths, you know, whatever. So uh, everything that I have an issue with comes down to your very first recruit. The, The sequence is you pick out a person that you want to recruit based on either their looks their personality, a specific perk they bring to the table. For instance, I chose a guy that came with a drone because I wanted to use a drone immediately. So once you find that guy, you start playing as him and you or her, and you play through their introduction to DedSec, which involves being given directions to go to a pub, solving a hacker puzzle to get into a secret room to find the DedSec hideout. Uh, and this is kind of where things started to fall apart. Oh, that once you early? Get in, yeah. Once you get into the DedSec hideout, it's a really cool setup because it's completely empty. Because at this point in the game, DedSec has kind of been dismantled. It's broken. That's why they're recruiting new people. That's why you're playing as the new person. Because there's almost nothing of DedSec left. So you, as this random recruit, it's kind of up to you to reboot DedSec and rebuild it from the ground up. You're, you're beckoned to the DedSec hideout by essentially the only surviving member of DedSec. So you get to the hideout, and it's empty. It's dark. It's dirty. And, and as you're exploring this empty hideout, uh, you find headphones on the ground in several different locations. And these headphones are 
audio logs in the game. Uh, that that that's what they use. They use headphones for audio. Yeah, logs. just a just a pair of headphones. Now they're like you know studio headphones or like Apple headphones. Uh, Not I that mean it they're matters. like big. I'm just curious. Yeah, they're like big tin can headphones. Okay. Okay. Like big over the ear deals. Yeah. So there's just a bunch of bunch of headphones on the ground, and you pick those up and you get an audio log. And this was the very first thing that annoyed me the most because the audio logs are often a decent length, like at least five minutes of audio. And they're they're really, really cool because all these audio logs are like snippets of podcasts and radio shows that exist in the world. So it's not only like this person's introduction to DedSec, but it's also your introduction to the world. And also for that character, it's their introduction to the forces that DedSec is fighting against. It's an analysis of all the things that are wrong about this corporation or that corporation, or the things that are wrong with this current society, and why you should join DedSec to help them fight against these injustices. Unfortunately, the audio log interface is fucking terrible. Uh-oh. Because as long as these audio logs are, and I'm serious, there's like seven or eight audio logs, all several minutes long in this intro sequence that is just walking around a tiny hideout. You cannot listen to these audio logs while you play. Oh, is you, they make you stop and just listen to them if you want you to listen to, to them? You have to be in the menu to listen to these audio logs. Uh... Not only that, but there is no control over the audio logs you can't pause you can't fast forward you can't rewind if you accidentally move off the menu page you have to restart the entire log ew what the hell why and there's like seven of these yeah it's terrible like at least like the because one of the first games i have ever played that i can remember having a lot of you know backstory told through audio logs is bioshock Granted, those weren't, like, usually minutes long. They're probably about a minute, maybe two on some of them. But they just played over your game audio. It, like, it would it would deafen, to an extent, the game audio. Like, your gun and if Splicers were yelling, it would make that quieter and make the audio log louder. And you could always go back in the menu and play them at any time. But they weren't that long. But for a game in 2020 to not give you any control and you have to be in a menu... What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? It's like it's a modern triple A game made by an otherwise seasoned dev, and it seems like such a, a weird oversight not to have something as simple as being able to play your audio log over your gameplay. Yeah, that's weird. So then you keep going, and the other thing that really miffed me was once you like fire up the hideout again and you're like oh yeah dead set's back cool the person who recruited you is like okay go to this little room off to the side i've got a friend there and they'll teach you how to fight (laughs) and this is where in (laughs) yeah and this is where really in a technical sense the game kind of falls apart for me because you get into the ring and it's it's a basic combat tutorial teaching you basic combos like here's your dodge button here's your grab button here's your punch button and again, this is a triple A game made in 2020. So tell me why, when the game tells me to do a three punch combo, and I do, it has to take five seconds to reload the ring so it can tell me how to do a dodge. It had it reloads after each thing. 
Yeah. Every tutorial bit, it reloads so the fighter stance is reset. Oh my god. That's... That's bad. <laughs> that's yeah. Just, that's just really bad. It's really annoying. Oh. And so I, then, granted, I get out of that, and I do, like, my first actual mission, and then it's Watch Dogs, it's pretty fun, but, you know, all that combined with me not immediately being invested in the story, because, again, generic main characters, I just, I just haven't picked it back up, I haven't felt the need. It's got it's interesting, I have it pulled up on Metacritic, and obviously the critic reviews are all good, uh, the user reviews are, I'd say, pretty... 360 positive reviews and 163 negatives, so not as uh, highly received. So that's interesting. Oh, it makes sense if it's that poorly optimized of a game in 2020. Yeah. I mean, hopefully at some point some patches will get put out and it'll run a bit smoother, I guess. But the the audio log thing really, really kind of ruined the game for me, I'm going to be honest. I bet. That's weird. That's because because it's it's such ew. an easy thing that it already primed me to not be happy about other small things in the game. Yeah. Huh. That's that's such an. In- I I now I really want to play Valhalla because I've heard good things about Valhalla. Um, but I mean the the Assassin's Creed games have always been pretty well optimized and run usually pretty well, at least from what yeah, I've I mean, experienced. Unless unless you're Unity. Well, okay, but we don't talk about that one. <laughs> they've they've learned. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I still want to play it because, like I said, when, once I was in the gameplay, it was still what I wanted from Watch Dogs. Uh, it's just I, with, with Destiny out and this close to Cyberpunk, it's gonna be kind of hard to get me back in there. Okay. Honestly, I I would have I was ready to request a refund, but at that point, I had already spent more than two hours playing the game. Yep. Uh, and it's unfortunate because like 45 minutes of that time was spent listening to audio logs. Oof. Yeah. Not even playing the game because yeah. I had to sit there and listen to the audio logs. You hate And to I see wanted it. to, because like I said, they were interesting. They were actually really cool. I liked how the audio logs were put together. It was just a pain in the ass to force me to listen to it that way. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. Um, I know to keep on the, the video game thing, I know, well, we're going to spend the bulk of our time today probably talking about Destiny. Um, but we want to wait because we've got a little, a couple other things we want to touch base on. Unless you still have more on Watch Dogs you want to go over. No, that's pretty much it. So I know to, you know, because we always, always have to get a little bit of anime news in because, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a new PV for, the, for Promised Neverland, which, I mean, it's like 25 seconds and really like, that's all we're going to say. Just kind of getting the hype train going a little more for season two of Promised Neverland. I believe, yeah. I was telling you a, a little bit ago, I believe that season two will basically end where I'm at in the manga. Uh, so that'll be interesting because there's some wild shit. <laughs> <laughs> As is with that that show. Like, wild stuff's going to happen. So that'll be interesting. And then I know I you put this in our in our news stuff that I didn't I kind of forgot about it. But the weird Netflix asking for B stars fanfic, and it's yep. like real. I what? It was a tweet on the Netflix account, and then they posted a picture of that tweet on the official Netflix Reddit account on the B stars subreddit, asking for people to send in their B stars fanfiction. 
I kind of don't want to know where that's going. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of concerned to see I, what uh, comes of that. So I think this is probably grasping. I don't know how likely the scenario is, but in that Reddit thread, I saw a theory from somebody that I think would be cool if it was the case. Uh, and they wondered if this wasn't a bit of market research on Netflix's part. Where, oh, okay. like, if they're if they're on the Beastars subreddit, if they're invested in this show, um, I think you, you can say, like, for the first arc of the manga, they did clean up some stuff from the manga, tweak some things a little bit to make a better viewing experience, right? Yeah. And it looks like they're doing that again with season two, uh, because we've already seen one significant change, and that's in the trailer for season two, there's this weird kangaroo character that was at no point in the second arc of the manga, but has some kind of role, even if it's a small one in season two. So yeah. it's not above changing some things to hopefully make the storytelling better. And given the way that the third arc of the manga has been received largely by the community, this person on Reddit wondered if maybe it wasn't Netflix trying to see what parts of the show and the property especially resonates with fans to see what parts they could change, what parts they wouldn't be allowed to change, and generally what they could do to make the show more enjoyable if they have to inevitably rewrite parts of season three. Huh. That'd be, that's a that's a good theory. Reddit's a crazy place, man. You see all kinds <laughs> of interesting things that I would never think of. Yeah, so I think that's a really cool idea. I don't know how likely that is, though. Yeah, true. I know uh, another little thing is we've... You have not watched episode three yet, but I got caught up on The Mandalorian this weekend, and boy... It's just like everything you could ask for in a Star Wars show. It's just some of the detail is so awesome, especially in episode three, which you haven't seen, so I can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> but also spoilers, so I probably wouldn't talk about it too much in depth um, as it's still relatively new. I'd feel kind of weird spoiling it. Yeah. but I, I do know that there's at least like some pretty significant cameos that's starting to tie other properties together with Hell yes there is and boy did they drop a huge bomb about well, for now, uh, probably the next episode. So get caught up because we could be seeing some stuff real soon. Yeah, I probably will. Probably do it this uh, these next few days. Also, Baby I, I was this weekend, but. Baby Yoda sucks. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, he was just straight up eating eggs in yes. episode two. After they're like, "This is the last of our line. We we need these eggs fertilized so that our, we have offspring." And you're like, "Stop eating them, you little shit." <laughs> yeah, which like you know the the uh, the the like lizard eggs in the canister. Like you know, I was I was not too freaked out about him eating those because uh you know it, it doesn't look too much different from some like. Ca uh, caviar or actual eggs like we eat yeah, but then like, like they get they get in the spider cave and he walks over and he just like opens up one of those eggs pulls out a fetal spider and starts chomping down on it and it's like damn baby yoda's metal he just eats anything i'm like god damn i mean i know you're hungry but <laughs> shit yeah oh uh, but yeah it's great i it's like it just gets my hopes up about what we could maybe one day see in a Halo TV show. But I don't have my hopes up, mostly because <laughs> I, well, I I don't want to go into that today, but just Halo just seems like it's a 
dumpster fire right now. I don't yeah, know. It I, is, it's a bit annoying that The Mandalorian is consistently the best piece of Star Wars media currently being released, given how the new movies turned out. Yeah. But it, it, it does give me hope for, like, the Obi-Wan series or any other spinoffs that... If you're going to spit off Star Wars and if you're going to explore other aspects of the universe, The Mandalorian and Clone Wars is exactly the way you should be doing it. Well, and I put Rebels up there too because I oh, think yeah, yeah, Rebels sure. is just as – I don't want to say just as good. I think Clone Wars is better, but it's on par. Like it's it's up there. It's still really good world building for the Star Wars universe. Now, this, this is probably a bit of a controversial statement for someone who uh, has been watching Star Wars from the beginning. But, you know, as as somebody who came after the main trilogy of Star Wars, I would dare to say that The Mandalorian is the best piece of Star Wars content that has ever come out of the series. Ooh, that's bold because Empire Strikes Back's pretty damn great. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, that... And uh, Return of the Jedi, I assume, would be, like, the big contenders against that point. But I'm going to stand by it. I think nah, Mandalorian's great. I put, I think I kind of, I'm to the point where I put four ahead of six now. Damn, okay. I liked six as a kid because it's like, oh, battles. Yay. <laughs> uh, But, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's more. I want more good Star Wars stuff. Can we get right. another, like, give us a goddamn old republic show or another game is all i want that's all i want my two hopes now for star wars properties is uh i I have always felt like for how much people get attached to the lightsaber battles in the movies there's actually not a lot of them not once disney took it over there were like none in seven eight nine yeah, so I would love to see a show that almost has a focus on on battles so that we can see more lightsaber martial arts and like probably do a deep dive into the the different forms of lightsaber fighting. Yeah. Cuz I actually I recently found out, you know, I'm not I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan, so I recently found out that there's like seven different lightsaber fighting forms. Yeah. And uh I would love to see that explored more deeply. Yeah, that's uh, why and then the other Mace thing is I I always thought that it would be really funny to have, uh, like, an office comedy set on the first Death Star. <laughs> kind of like Robot Chicken style? Yeah. Like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine or a The Office, but it's Stormtroopers on a battle station. That would be interesting. That would be very, I think, very difficult to pull off if you're doing it on the <laughs> Empire side. You could do it in, like, the Star Wars universe, but... Uh, doing an Empire, I think, would be tough, just because yeah. of what everyone already knows about it. But I'd love to see it, though. Yeah, it would be great. Speaking of not loving to see, you'll hate to see how ass Blood of Zeus is on Netflix. Holy <laughs> crap! That was I was so sad because like, uh, Castlevania is amazing, and I think. Have we talked about this some on the podcast before? I think we did. Uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit when you were just a few episodes in. Yeah, so I finished it, and it's just talk about a dumpster fire of a story. I I just like what? May I mean they, at the end they set it up for like other seasons, but I'm like, why? I don't know if I want to see <laughs> another season. There's like zero character development in most almost every character except for like the main characters 
two main guys, but like, ugh. Oh, the pacing is just awful. So I'm glad that's over and I don't have to watch it. I don't recommend it <laughs> unless, because like I'm a, I'm a ancient mythology, Greek mythology. Like I just love any content about that. So I was like, oh, this will be sweet. Same people did Castlevania. Dope. And then it was not good. And I don't say that a lot. I don't think that a show is just not good. It was, just, it was not, I, I did not like it at all, but Yeesh. I was very sad. Shame. Uh, hopefully we just get yeah. more Castlevania episodes soon then because right? that show is definitely fantastic. I guess that's, I think what made me so confused is like the the pacing in Castlevania was slow in the first season, but then kind of like sped up and was pretty good. And this one was just like, yeesh. But anyway, that's done. So are we moving? Are we moving yeah. to de- is it destiny time? Or is there something uh, else? Real quick, I, I also want to point out in case you didn't know. Uh, so you remember a while ago when they put Mulan on Disney Plus? Yes, and you had to like pay a bajillion dollars for it, right? Yeah, they wanted people to have a subscription to Disney Plus and then also pay thirty dollars to watch Mulan, and nobody did. And it was also a mediocre movie. Uh, yeah, it looks like to an extent they have learned from that, and Pixar's new movie Soul is going to be on Disney Plus on Christmas Day at no additional charge. Okay, now that, that's brilliant. I think Soul is going to be an amazing movie to watch Christmas Day. I don't even know which, I know I've seen marketing material for it, but I can't, it's not coming to mind. What, is just S-O-U-L? Yeah. Yep, there it is. So Soul is about, uh, I want to say, uh, a jazz musician, maybe even a jazz teacher. I'm not a. I'm not 100 sure. He's a middle uh, school band teacher. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I think he also plays at a jazz band on the side. Uh, he like catches a big break, I guess, and then immediately dies. He travels and to so another the... realm to help someone find their passion. He soon discovers what it means to have soul. <laughs> he just he's just reading the Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it's basically inside out, but instead of emotions, it's the afterlife and it, how souls are put into bodies, I guess. Yeah, the the pictures you can see if you just Google it have a heavy inside out vibe. Of just yeah. ha- the same like animation style. Which the uh the difference in animation style between what's going on in like the living world and the soul world uh, I personally really hope that more of the movie takes place in the, the living world because it is possibly the most gorgeous environments that Pixar has ever crafted. Huh. I need it to actually a watch a beautiful looking for it. movie. Yeah. Uh, but it is also written by the same guy that did Inside Out, so you're probably going to have oh, okay. some of those same vibes. Uh, so if Inside Out was your jam, gonna love Soul. Okay. Inside okay. Out was kind of meh for me. We get to actually... We actually get to talk about movies here soon. <laughs> so it's like we haven't really had a movie podcast yet, except we talked about uh, uh, spooky movies. I don't know if we yeah. released that one yet, but uh, like you know, with COVID, there's the, there's no movies. <laughs> yep, I still have not gotten around to watching Tenet, but I hope to do so soonish. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. Which okay, by the way, all right, before we get to Destiny, also. Fuck, uh, fuck Christopher Nolan. Oh, oh no, here we go. What a, what a pompous little dickhead, you know? <laughs> I, I read an article the other day 
And like I already I already don't like uh fucking Christopher Nolan and uh what's his name? Titanic. Who who did Titanic? James what's Cameron. James Cameron. Fuck James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Steven Spielberg and fuck Stanley Kubrick. Oh my. If I, if I, okay, so James oh Cameron, right? He's like, uh, uh, superhero movies aren't real cinema. Fuck you. Fuck I, go make Avatar 2 that nobody gives a shit about. Make your fucking theme park. Was that him? I thought that was uh, uh, not Tarantino, uh, Scorsese. I mean, I think they all kind of bitch about it at some point because uh, all, all the, the real directors aren't happy the superhero movies make so much money. And then everyone wants to go on and be like, oh, I don't believe in digital cameras. We're going to shoot on film. Fine. Have your art thing, but don't be a fucking dickhead about it. Anyway, so Christopher Nolan, right? I, I read an article that was like other filmmakers have called Christopher Nolan to say, hey, why is your sound design so fucking weird? <laughs> Uh-oh. Because in movies like The Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar, and I have heard directly from friends also in Tenet, it can be really hard to understand dialogue because a lot of the sound design in the movies is just kind of muffled. And so fucking loud. Yeah, and it's one of the worst cases of quiet dialogue, loud action, so you're constantly changing the volume. That was the worst part about Interstellar. And Christopher Nolan's response to this was... uh, I didn't realize people were so conservative about their audio mixing. Oh, no. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Mix your audio right. Make your movie an enjoyable listening experience. Right. It's not about conservatism. Just make a good mix. Don't get, you can get artsy all you want, but don't make your movie a fucking horror to listen to. (laughs) Anyway, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay, <laughs> so Destiny, yeah, new expansion. It's yeah, also, like fuck Destiny. It's it's like Shadowkeep, but on a cold planet. Yeah, it's a bit better than Shadowkeep, but yeah. Really? You think it's better? Well, okay. Yeah, I, 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 think it's I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't. There's there's something. Let's we're gonna we're gonna change things up here, Chris. Let's start with what we liked about the expansion Beyond Light, because I feel like. I know, at least for me, the negatives are kind of more than the positives. Would you care to start, yeah. or do you want me to go? Uh, so, uh, I I guess I'll say up front as a preface that uh, Beyond Light has with it all of generally the same pros and cons I constantly find with Destiny, where I can never complain about the core gameplay. It is a competently made game and probably the best shooter I have ever played, but... Unfortunately, the people making Destiny are constantly making design decisions about how you interact with the game that I am not happy about. I got a I got a hot take about that later, but you won't think it's hot because I think you'll agree with me. But there's my <laughs> tease. So I think with Beyond Light, the things that I do really like are, uh, I think the subclasses are generally pretty good. Uh, I I don't like how freezing interacts in PvP just yet. But uh, I think all the lore is really good. Uh, How the story is building is really good. I'm excited to see where the seasonal content that drops uh, in a couple days is going to look. Because it's bringing back a fan favorite character. And is going to start bringing stuff together for uh, Hive narratives going forward. Uh, I'm really happy to see Varix again. I'm really happy to see the Fallen story move forward. I hope I can see it appears from Boy Mithrax at some point this season. 
Uh, Kel of Light. Europa, yeah, Kel of Light. Uh, Europe is a pretty cool destination. And yes. I think uh, the way you get your stasis powers is really cool. And I think at least uh, it, it feels like there's a lot to do. Because even though, you know, as it is normally, the campaign for the DLC doesn't last very long. There's a lot of side quests to do because there's a lot to unlocking your stasis powers. And uh, there's, uh, you know, an amount of new loot to get. So there's some stuff you can grind for. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's about it. So I got I, I, a lot of the same things. I Europe is a really cool planet to explore. I I'm I'm fifty fifty on the uh, the weather system. Like I think it's really interesting and cool that they're adding something like that. I don't like that when it happens. The you can't fucking drive your sparrow word shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a minor detail. I really like the boss battle mechanics. Some of the best boss battles, I think, in the game, because all the different like lieutenants have their own little well, except for the the two at the end, which was kind of like the exact same boss battle again. And I, I just did that the second time before we started recording, and I was like, this was almost exactly the same fight as one you just do before that. But um, the the. The way that the Fallen use stasis is interesting, not, both in the boss battles and then the captains or whatever you call them uh, that are like the leaders. The thing... Uh, no, we're talking about things we like. Stick stick on things we like. <laughs> um, I thought that the... This is... I'll tell you the part I like about this. I liked parts of the story and what happened... Um, as when we get to the things I don't like, I'll go more details into why I just think it's a tease. It, they tease me and it is what makes me not like some of the things they do with the story direction. Uh, what are the, I still don't have the, do you have the grenade exotic grenade launcher yet? Yeah, the, I do. See, I need to, I need to get that. So like exotic wise, no time to explain. It's pretty cool. It's a really good PVE gun. Uh, do we have, Oh, the shotguns. I just love how the shotgun looks. Uh, yeah, the shotgun's a really cool design. Uh, yeah. I just wish when it was in, like, lever-action rifle mode, it had more range. Uh, yeah, it's... I haven't used it enough, but it's a really cool designed gun. I do like how they cleaned up the UI and the new, uh, I'd almost just say, tint they added to it. I like yeah. how things Which, seem to pop uh, in the menu. That new Triumph screen is going to be a problem for me. Yeah. Because uh, I, I need to, I need to look more closely into it. Because with with having them vault a bunch of content, uh, it kind of locks some things away for completion. And there's some stuff last season I didn't do that I'm kind of upset about. Um, so now there's a difference between legacy triumph score and current season triumph score. But then you still have your you, o- you still have your overall triumph score though. Yeah. But now in the UI, the uh, at least the seasonal triumph score has a number out of a number, which means oh. that there is a finish line that I could finish. Oh, no. <laughs> that I could get all of. Well, I mean, Chris, and... there was always a finish line. You just didn't see exactly how yeah, much Yeah, but now had. it's in my face. <laughs> and also, by the time you finish the campaign, you're already halfway there to finishing. So it's like... Oh, you are? <sighs> well, I mean, I, more or less. I think it's really interesting that a lot of it is like get kill x amount of kills with 
all the weapon types is what a lot of them are. That's kind of weird to me. I don't know why there's so many triumphs associated with that. Well, I think that's part of them revamping the new light experience because they added a whole new quest slide for new players. Okay, that makes sense. So there's actually like an experience, not just, hey, here's Destiny, have fun. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, since they added the kiosk next to the Postmaster to pick up old quest lines, you can actually go pick up the new light quest and do it for yourself. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, that's another thing I love. I love the uh, thing where you can buy old exotics. That is cool. Although, I guess to get the tokens for the old raid exotics, is that from doing raids? Do you know? I think so. Uh, and I think, don't quote me on this, someone in my clan mentioned that uh, it would take doing 10 raids to get enough currency to get one of those raid exotics, which I think is fine. Yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, also, there was an exotic from one of their past events, the Solstice of Heroes, I think. Or it might have been the Guardian Games, actually. Uh, there was an exotic called the Heir Apparent that I did not get because I, I did not play Guardian yeah, Games. I didn't get it either. Uh, and it was not supposed to be at the kiosk to retrieve exotics, but it was at launch, and I got it. Damn it. See, I didn't. And then I saw that, and I went, oh, fuck, I should have gotten it. Yeah, I used my one free exotic cipher to get the Heir Apparent. I think I used I used mine on something. Oh, I got the the last seasonal last year's last y- expansions too. So I got the fourth horseman and the uh, machine gun because I had two ciphers and I was like, "Fuck it, I will use them." Because you get Are more you, later. You on. You never got xenophage? No, I did. It's the the nine hundred RPM one. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and it, then I also... used it. it kind of sucked. <laughs> Uh, oh, and they just they just hand you the quest for Chaperone now, too. Yeah, yeah, which I think I have, so I don't know why I have the quest for it. Which, uh, just trying to figure that out. But um, I'm trying to think of some... I like that... I actually like that Gambit is now just one thing, and I like that they basically made it Gambit Prime, but without roles. I, I, I like that as a change to Gambit. Yeah. The um, the boss seems to go a lot slower, and that's probably mostly because I haven't figured out exactly how to interact with the boss in what they've changed there. Well, but, it's a lot about it's a lot like it used to, where I think the sweet spot was primeval times four was the sweet spot to just melt. But also, it's uh, your loadout is very important again, and I'm in there with like blue shit, so <laughs> I'm not right. doing any damage. Yeah, I think as long as we can keep on, keep holding on to it, I think Falling Guillotine is still kind of the play for boss DPS, especially in Gambit. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why I haven't done Squat, because I haven't been using that. Because I'm yeah. going for other challenges where I need to get, like, grenade launcher kills. And then also, with the weather system on Europa came a new lighting system in Destiny, which... Uh, all the effects associated with that kind of made the game feel like you got a little bit of a graphical update. I, 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 really, yeah, I kind of know it's that. really cool considering they're not going to make a destiny three, uh, you know, in order to keep things looking crisp, they got to update eventually. So like I was playing on crucible maps and I was like, Oh, there's some mist and there's a bit of fog here and there. And it makes the game feel a little bit more alive. I'm all about the little updates, but I, that's, I think those are the main things I liked. Uh, I might think of more as we talk about the things I don't like. 
<laughs> so if, if if you're ready for that, we can make the switch where we're going to sound like a bunch of negative Nancys for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and go first with that, too, because I, I think I, I'm, I'm not quite so full of vitriol as you're going to be. I'm not full of vitriol. There's just a lot of things that I'm like, it's actually things I've had issues with with Destiny that have been kind of what put me off last season, last year, and they're still here. So I'm just like, great, okay, so I can't uh, yeah. wait to we're, get to the same We're kind of in spot. the same boat in that regard. Yeah. We can kind of, let's try, like, we can like go back and forth. Sure. Uh, so the, the more I interact with the idea of it, the more I think sunsetting is fucking stupid. It's awful. And I'm going to, I mean, I know this is you, but I've realized this today, so I'm sorry for jumping in. No, no, no go ahead. there's no fucking loot pool. The loot pool is awful. There's nothing in it. And I'm just like, I'm out here trying to grind stuff. I, God bless all of you doing the day one raid because I don't know what the fuck you're going to use. Like get get an exotic that can carry you through it because unless I just haven't gotten into it enough post, post game, but I, what's what we're, we're, we're using stuff that came out the last like two seasons last year and then like uh, one set of new guns. Yeah, it's really frustrating that they they got rid of so much content, gun and armor wise, and then only gave like three, maybe four sets of loot to replace it, depending on how you look at the the new ish vendor armor. Yeah, emphasis on new ish. Yeah. Well, isn't it uh, one set that looks different depending on who you get it from? Yeah, which I don't necessarily mind, honestly. Yeah, I don't uh, mind for that. for the vendors, I think it's actually a cool idea to have similar armor, but with an aesthetic that's unique to the vendor. Yeah, but uh, the, it's still the same weapons, isn't it? I think so. And then the gambit weapons are all sunset. He's <laughs> like, if you go to the drifter and he has like the gambit weapons, I think because it's part of a quest or part of the uh, the gambit triumph or seal they have all the sunset emblem on all of them like bygones and whatever the other ones are i'm like wait what's the point yeah and and to explain real quick uh just sunsetting is that old content is now capped at a certain power level and you can't bring it forward uh into newer activities which only really matters for late game pvp content and end game uh did i say pvp already yes okay i meant late game pve content and end game pvp content so regular crucible competitive crucible doesn't matter you can still use whatever gun you want trials of osiris where power level is enabled you cannot use guns older than like the last year or so of destiny yeah because i raid comes around you have to use all the newer guns because you won't be able to be powered enough for any of that. And I seriously, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious if the guard boys have figured some of that stuff out more. That's Chris's clan and destiny. Um, because I, I, I don't do know the min max or look into that kind of stuff that much, but just for me playing, I'm like, most of these guns are just meh, which I guess for ad clear, you always just use your, your favorite, uh, kinetic weapon anyway uh and, and then it, most damage is either you know is there a really good sword so i guess this whatchamacallit what's what's the sword from last season 
falling, falling guillotine. guillotine. That'll probably be up there unless the boss has a ground pound, in which case, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, my my biggest problem right now with how Bungie has handled sunsetting is that it has seemed like an ill thought out bandage to them creating their own stale meta. Because I also think that as much as they seem to be focused on it and how much sunsetting affects it, I really don't think you need to bother much with balancing PVE content. I mean, you would want to fix stuff that makes it really easy to kill a raid boss in about 30 seconds. Sure, I get that. But I, I, I don't see what the problem is with still using Mountaintop in PvE. I don't know why you have to punish people for using a preferred loadout for a long time in PvE. Now yeah. in PvP... Mountaintop I, I, can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I think, you know, given like a current quest line in this season, I think the, the idea of sunsetting was legitimately just a way to get Mountaintop out of PvP. Because... Yeah. There is, uh, because the, 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 the two things that were really bad in PvP, that have been really bad in PvP, was Mountaintop, which was a grenade launcher that was a fucking monster, and the other one was Beloved, which was a sniper rifle that had a low zoom so people could flick shot like crazy. And which I think there's it had another, high aim assist. There's another sniper that's pretty much the equivalent of Beloved, but I think it also is Sunset. Which that didn't that still hasn't stopped me from getting crack shotted from beloveds in in cat in pub games. So right, <laughs> they're so, still so they, using it. So here's the thing, right? They sunset and they get rid of mountaintop. And mountaintop was a very unique grenade launcher. There's nothing else that worked exactly like mountaintop did. But they introduced a quest line. You just you get this quest line right off the bat. All you have to do is talk to the gunsmith, and he gives you this quest line. And it is for a sniper rifle called adored the sniper they just sunset was beloved now you can get adored they literally just gave you the same sniper rifle again because the only gun they had a problem with was mountaintop it is the same kind of sniper rifle it still has a low zoom it has the same kind of name it's literally a synonym of the name they just hand you the same sniper that has not been sunset because all they wanted to do is get rid of mountaintop which they could have just done you could have just gotten rid of Mountaintop. I don't think anyone who plays the game a lot would give a shit. Like, I wouldn't have cared. I thought it was stupid. Because it, it is dumb that it's, like, central to any... It was, like, what was it? During the Garden of Salvation, uh, World's First, like, everyone was running Recluse and Mountaintop. Everyone. And then you had a different different heavies. It's like, okay, if you've made Gan, granted that these are all old pinnacle weapons that were, when they first came out, at least for Mountaintop, took a long ass time to be able to get. And then enough people bitched and moaned that were getting wrecked by them that didn't think they'd ever be able to get them because Mountaintop was at least more approachable than, say, uh, Not Forgotten was. That was Jesus, right? It was Not Forgotten. That yeah. was the resetting your glory a couple times. Uh, so, like, th- there are these guns that are really... Because they were so hard to get, in air quotes, so hard to get, they were good. Because why would you make a reward that's trash and no one would use? Like, there'd be no point. So they had to make them good, but they're so good that they were... 
they they've been central guns in PvP and PvE, even though they're PvP guns, both aspects of the game for two years, right? Because yeah, they like came that. out during uh, Forsaken's year, and then they were relevant all last year too. Yeah, I, I I could go on for a lot longer about that because there there was uh, you know they they kind of also nerfed mountaintop at the same time. But generally, yeah. I'm not happy with sunsetting, and I think we're we're already at 45 minutes here, so I think we should move on before we just turn the back half of this podcast into complaining about sunsetting. True, this will still probably be a long one, just because we could probably put about as much time as that into some other things. I know one of the big things here's so. Uh, you had sunsetting. I know I hijacked it at the beginning, but my first major complaint is that they continue and spoilers for I, minor spoilers. They continue to kill off every single fucking character that they introduce in an expansion, and that's one of yeah. my big. That's one of my. That's I think why I can't stay invest super invested in the story because every time they introduce a character we're like wow that character's kind of interesting it'd be really cool to see how they can meddle with guardians in the future jk they die like i get it you need someone to die you need people to die the way that this is done but to progress certain aspects of the story it's a shooter so you know shit's gonna die but Aramis was a really, really cool character to me. She had an interesting motivation of why she turned to the darkness and decided to utilize its power. And it would have just been really cool to have a confrontation with her, but she's not gone. And I feel like every single time the Fallen are introduced, they're like, hey, guess what? We, you know the last time you saw them and you killed all of them? Well... There's still some around, and a new house is taking up power, and now they're going to try and come get you. Spoiler, you kill them, and then it's just this endless cycle of bringing in the Fallen, destroying the most popular house, and then waiting a year for them to, quote, regroup, and then come back and have the same thing happen again. I think, uh, and this is just a theory on my part, but I think we are not actually done seeing how far Aramis's plans went. I think okay. we'll still see some effects of the things she was building, even if she herself is not a force. And that is you know, true, I, hint, truly hinted at too when you find Crivis, Critis, when you yeah. fight her in the last, the final little boss fight. Because I'm hoping we'll we'll still we'll still see some vestiges of her plan in the raid, since it takes place in the Deepstone Crypt. Uh, and this is this is certainly not to take away from your point because I do agree with it. Uh, but Aramis has been a character for longer than she was in this DLC, but it was all just hinted at in the lore and a previous exotic mission. So we never got to see Aramis until now. And it is unfortunate that Destiny is very little in regards to ongoing villains. And see, th- I think this is kind of also where I have a little bit... And maybe I'm... A little different i'm definitely different on this from that i didn't really get full on into destiny until forsaken so i didn't really play a whole lot of destiny one or at all i played at launch and that was it but none of the expansions and then i got back into destiny 2 when forsaken dropped and from that from a perspective of someone like that there's not been a reoccurring villain 
Except you could maybe say, um, I already forgot his name, Leviathan Man. Callus. Callus, but that's because they did the thing of like, oh yeah, you kill him, and then they're like, oh, that wasn't really me. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. That makes the character a recurring character. He's interesting. He has his own motivations. He affects shit in the world, and he's not just fucking gone. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember him. That was yeah, cool but then because he has his own motivations, he's also not really a villain. True, true. But I mean, we need more just like characters with bad intentions that aren't true villains, I think. Yeah. The the closest thing we have at this point is Savathun. Yeah. But we haven't seen much physical manifestation of her. It's, it's all still hints and works from the shadows. I mean, because I just look at like what, what the f- great, like in-game of destiny 2 is you're just gonna kill everything <laughs> it's like if it ever truly ended you'd kill all three of the hive the sabathun and uh who's the one that's coming up next year zivu Araf. yeah like we'll, we'll kill them the the fallen will be so neutered or uh mithrax that's right that's who it is right mithrax yeah mithrax will take over the fallen and then you can be a fallen and the traveler will be like oh i like you again but I don't know. It's I uh, just I want them to stop killing off interesting characters. Now, like Gaul, fuck Gaul. Gaul's stupid. I'm glad they killed him. But it was also kind of stupid that they killed him right away too. He's super powerful and bad. Oh, you just killed him. What? <laughs> yeah, I think part of like a lot of the issues I have with Destiny comes from the idea that I just don't think people at Destiny know how to design an MMO. Yeah. I don't think they have the manpower to update things like the loot pool the way we want them to, and I don't think they know how to tell an engaging story inside of this kind of gameplay, and that's why they rely so heavily on the lore books, which I personally really, really like the lore books, but I also can sympathize with the gripe that a lot of people would rather see these stories unfold in gameplay. But then because of the way that the gameplay is built, there's not much room for a traditional campaign that would be able to tell a story. And as somebody who has not played a lot of MMOs, I don't know if that's typical, but it feels weird in the genre of a shooter that normally tells a more active story, if not a better quality story. Yeah. And I I guess one of the before we can move on from the story aspect stuff in a bit but one of the things i know you were saying you you had hopes that you know we'll see other stuff as we go maybe this season maybe but I, the reason why i have absolutely zero hopes or good intentions that that happens is because that's what i had hoped and they would do last year and they didn't really do that like I don't understand why when they release their big expansion, it is also just seasonal content. I don't know why you can't have stuff relating to like, you could have the stuff that happened this season be the starting point. And then next season, there's still stuff going on related to beyond light. And instead it seems like they just take it where, well, here's the expansion and then here's the seasonal stuff that's its own pretty much separate story completely. And then everything in the year of this expansion is just story being told through the seasons, not through expansion content. 
Yeah, everything is still connected, but it doesn't feel like it is telling the same story. It, it, it It's stuff happening tangentially to the larger story, which at least the last season before this big expansion did more directly tie into Shadowkeep because it was more about communing with the darkness and Eris was again a very prominent figure. So it's telling a continuing story, but you're right, it never really felt like it was the Shadowkeep story, and this might not feel like it's the Beyond Light story. Yeah, I I don't know. Now granted, I... we know for a fact that this, this next season coming up is going to have some interesting story content because we have seen clips and trailers, we know Aldrin is coming back, we uh, know Osiris is going, yeah, we know Osiris <laughs> is going to be involved in some way. There are yeah. cutscenes built in this game based on the new seasonal content. We'll see where that goes from here. Uh, and that seasonal stuff is going to deal with Zivu Arath, uh, which, you know, again, to your point, the Hive are not at all involved in Beyond Light right now, depending on what tangents you want to relate to communing with the darkness, but suddenly they're telling a Hive story to build stuff later, and we don't know how that'll tie into the Guardians of the Darkness, so it doesn't feel like a cohesive story, uh, but it does feel like a world, I guess, because I mean, stuff it- is happening all the time. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see how one my opinions of stuff change and what this seasonal content is because i think that's another thing that has kind of like been sitting weirdly with me is that the beyond light content and this fallen story seemed much more like what should have been the seasonal content and then the seasonal content we're gonna get seems to be much more in line with the overarching story that like you said shadow keep set up and is kind of continuing that so it almost without it coming out yet to me just seems like the seasonal content should have been the expansion and the fallen stuff should have just been what happened this season because honestly from the story that was told it makes a lot more sense for it to be a se- and the seasonal content of hey this stuff just happened we you know new character is going to do some bad stuff you stop them that's a season that's fine with me i don't know and part of that issue could be that the expansions are more focused on uh, adding content to the game that makes the grind feel better because it is an MMO. So it's yeah. it's mostly about like, you know, we got the new subclasses. We did get new loot. We got a new area. We got a lot of big UI changes. Uh, but then the story itself still isn't really all that big. And I think that's been indicative for like the last three years of Destiny now. Yeah. Where's uh where's Mara? She she was in the intro video. She's working something. Yeah. It's been over over a year. Yeah, I bet she comes up in a seasonal content at some time sometime this year. If Aldrin's back. It just makes sense for her to show up again. Especially yeah. with us seeming to be on the Tangled Shore and Dreaming City a lot this with the seasonal content. That at least from what I've seen in the previews, so It'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I, I I think like you know the Beyond Light could have told a a much bigger story, and all they would have had to have done was include Mithrax as an interactable character, right? I think or at least just... mention him more. Yeah, except for oh, they're going to the Kell of Light, and you're like, oh yeah, my boy. Did you have any other things that you had big issues with? Then, uh, I think I think I've generally hit on all of them. Because it, it just, it, it comes down to game design and interaction with the game. 
Which yeah. I, I think with the, I guess I, I can hit on this one. One problem with the UI changes was they had to redo the inventory system, and for oh. some reason that involved making people get rid of their ramen coupon. I don't even. Did know you hear about this? this? You know about no. this? Okay, so so in Forsaken, when they killed off the character Cade Six, uh, you got off of his body, I think, a coupon for a ramen store because it's just like a thing in the universe that uh, there's ramen shops kind of everywhere. The Last City has a bit of a Japanese aesthetic to it, and the character of Cade Six. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a joke from like even the first trailers of Destiny Two that you know, despite being a robot, he really liked ramen. So <laughs> so you get a ramen coupon. And it does nothing. It does literally nothing. It sits in your inventory, and people held on to it for sentimental value, because Kate 6 was, at the time, easily the most popular character in the game. And it is the most bungee thing in the world to have given people an item that was always only meant to have sentimental value, and then for no reason, taking that away from people. <laughs> Because for yeah. some reason, redoing the inventory meant that they had to get rid of that item because there was just no room in the game because they had to get rid of content and throw it in the vault. They had to get rid of the ramen coupon that had, again, literally no use other than being a JPEG sitting in someone's inventory. And Bungie made you get rid of it. Yeah, that's... uh. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Why would uh is it that's like um what was the thing when Shadowkeep started? Like uh there was a tracker for something with uh menagerie, I thought. No, okay, so so this was late into the Shadowkeep season. So this was after season of the dawn, I think. Uh when they did the uh emblem nameplate update. Yes. Uh, you could, uh, I, just talking in general terms, you could donate an item to a pool that the entire community was donating to to advance the story. Uh, and there was an emblem in the game that would display how much of this item you donated. So, uh, you know, as MMO players do, you know, if you're going to wear that emblem, you want it to be a really high number. So some people try to get up into the millions or the really crazy people try to get up into the tens of millions to have a really high score to display. And, you know, the season ends and this is like hour to hour, minute by minute, up until the last minutes of the season, you could be donating this item and getting that number higher. And then the minute it ticks over to the new season, they dropped a UI update that changed stat tracking on the emblems, which is a really good system. It, you, you can customize yeah. whatever stat you track on whatever emblem instead of a specific emblem tracking a specific stat. I think it's a way better system. But they decided for whatever reason that that number, that, that donation number, was not worth tracking. And they just got rid of it in the UI. And they didn't tell anyone about it. So there's people that put in a lot of time to get millions up on this number. And then the next minute, all that data is just gone. Yeah. 
it, yeah. it's it's the it's the worst. Ca- and this is indicative of a lot of stuff Bungie does. So it might not seem like such a big deal the way I'm explaining it, but it's indicative of the idea of they do things to drive your engagement with the game. They want you to work towards accomplishments that you build yourself because Destiny is supposed to be about the story you're telling. Their their mantra has always been, this is your story, you are becoming legend, you're becoming worthy. But then they do things that erases your involvement in the game, completely disrespecting the time you spend in the game. Like, you might specifically not think that this donation is worth getting a high number, but somebody did. But then the game designers who built a system in the game to make you care about that number suddenly decided that they don't care about that number and they just Mm -hmm. got rid of it. And they didn't tell anybody it was going to happen, making people waste their time. And it's 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 the worst kind of slap in the face of the community I think I have ever seen. Yeah, I I remember you talking about because there was someone in the Garb clan that got it really high. Right. And then it was just like. It was just like, well, what the fuck was the point? And the, a, a lot of, I think a lot of year three was <laughs> indicative of what the fuck is the point. I, I stopped, you know, I, I didn't play much of that fourth season just because I was kind of like, I just don't really care anymore about like what the content was. Mostly because I didn't think the content that they were dropping was all that interesting and engaging. But it it's i get this could this could kind of lead into my my big thing of that i was thinking that i don't i think you might agree with me a little bit but um i think i think it's close to luke smith's time to step away as game director yeah i think so i i I mean i don't i don't know how much could be laid at his feet specifically but he is the lead on the game right now and nobody has been incredibly happy with destiny in a number of years so something has to change and i don't know all the i'm not asking for the man to get fired but just be you can still i I don't know all the different you know job titles and stuff like that but i i think it i think destiny's just due for a fresh some fresh eyes and some fresh new direction on where to take it maybe maybe there's more collaboration in it than they let on because it just seems like they put a lot of emphasis on or Luke Smith tries like especially I think it was last year took a lot of the criticism on himself and took the blame for a lot of some for some of the game direction that happened last season so I I don't know I don't I never want to like make say someone should lose their job I just think from a game direction standpoint it destiny could use some fresh eyes yeah and i i I could agree with that surely because yeah i mean the last few years of destiny has been pretty much constantly going from one extreme to the other where like forsaken year we had pretty big content drops with black armory gambit prime and then menagerie um but then i guess player engagement wasn't good so then the season after that uh which was last year uh, they changed the seasonal content, so, you know, in order to prevent the game from bloating also, at the end of each season, whatever event they had was going to go away, and you wouldn't be able to interact with it anymore. Uh, nobody liked that, nobody liked FOMO, nobody liked their manufactured FOMO, so now they're changing it, so this year, 
whatever probably generic seasonal activity they drop will stay in the game, at least for the year. Uh, and it, I, I just don't think they're doing a good job finding that happy medium to make the game exactly what people want it to be. Yeah, that, but that's the interesting th- thing because well, really with Forsaken, the 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 forges I thought were okay for that one thing. Then they added Gambit Prime, which again was okay. Everyone loved Menagerie because that's the kind of like system people want. It's yeah, Menagerie kind of, was representative of all the systems people actually want to see in Destiny. Yeah, a grind fest that's somewhat different every time, and you get rewards for do good rewards when you get it done. And the loot pool in it was really there's some really good beloved was from that. Like there was some really good guns. I thought Ostringer was pretty good for a while. The hand yeah. cannon, and more importantly, it was loot that you got to choose and even customize in a way. Yeah. So you could get specific armor you wanted with at least one specific kind of perk you wanted, and you could choose to grind that specific item instead of looking for a specific stat roll on a weapon in an otherwise pretty large loot pool to just extend the grind for tens of hours. And they kept a lot of that the following year. And I, I guess, you know, I think I've from what I've seen, the seasonal, the at least how I'm interpreting it, the seasonal activity is basically just a different version of Nightmare Hunts is how it seems. I don't know if that's true or if you know more about what the actual seasonal activity is. But I think Hunt is in the name. So it's, I think, Bounty Hunts for Spider, which just kind of sounds like Nightmare Hunts to me. But who knows? We'll, we'll know more when that comes out comes out this week. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but I, I'm at least looking forward to what the story of that season is going to be, if for nothing else, yeah. because Aldrin is going to be involved. Yeah, I I'm, I know we've thrown a lot of flack at it, as we always say though. Like we still, I still love like, the game's still fun as hell to play. It's still yeah. like still feels so good. Uh, I would have I left have... the game behind a long time ago if, again, it was not the best shooter I've ever played. And the best strictly from like a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. The best part about the first season of an expansion is that you get the expansion and the seasonal content. So if you're thinking about whether you want to give Beyond Light a try, kind of just depends on how much you like doing the same thing over again, (laughs) because that's just what Destiny is. But um, if you were to do it, I would say get the expansion and this season don't i i wouldn't buy the whole year of seasons uh if you are unless you just love destiny then you know you do you uh i mean even I then bought, the seasons themselves are only ten dollars anyway true but i'm like at this point i'm like well if i'm ten dollars you know shoot i don't want to just blow thirty dollars <laughs> if i'm not going to play three of the seasons but um there, there'll be a lot to keep you busy I th- if you like Destiny. If you don't like Destiny, what? <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think... Yeah, I, uh, I've always said that how much money you should spend on getting involved in Destiny is whether or not you uh, enjoy this kind of gameplay because that will determine how much you will actually interact with the game. And Destiny is not really the kind of game you necessarily want to sit down and blast through everything, but it's good to have on the back burner that when you feel like playing Destiny, you can go and get some stuff done. Yeah. I think uh, I would love for uh, Respawn to talk to 
to Bungo on how to do a season pass because the fact that the game hasn't been out a week and I'm almost almost a quarter of the way through the season pass uh, respawn. What the fuck? <laughs> also, I, I think we talked about this last week with it. They did the so they did tone it down. It's still fucking ridiculous. It's still bad. It still takes so goddamn long to level up because it used to be. Uh, I think we might have talked to it about it but it used to be you would get three quests a week that just gave you a battle pass rank they're still they still have that but all the other quests for each week and the dailies just gave you xp and once you got 5000 xp you you level up once now it only reward you get the three that give you a battle pass rank and everything else gives you stars and you have to get the 10 stars to go up a battle pass rank and it's not one to one to what it was, and that's why it's so bad. And it used to be, and it's five thousand XP now. On top of that, gives you one. So they separated the stars and XP. It's it's a mess. I like the fact that I can just grind the shit out of Destiny and level up the season pass really fast. Really fast. It's awesome. Good job. Are we gonna uh, talk about stasis? Uh, real quick. Yeah, we can real quick, it real quick, real quick. The Titan PVE stasis subclass sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, there's a that's there, it. There's an idea <laughs> to <laughs> there's an idea to how the stasis subclasses are supposed to work because they are kind of a departure from traditional subclasses. But uh, but it, the it, melee is so bad, Chris. The Titan melee is so bad. Yeah. I, I think basically it boils down to your focus in stasis should be on shattering crystals rather than doing damage, but it is yeah. frustrating how bad the tracking is on the light melee in the super. It's, but it's not it's not good for boss DPS certainly. Oh no 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 no! It is a crowd control type of subclass, but uh, the the warlock. Now nah, I fucks with that mostly because their melee is just you shoot an ice ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really I, I still don't know how I feel about the grenades because a lot of the I've gotten a lot of bounties that are like get grenade kills where I'm like well I can't use stasis yeah, technically right? I've killed people with it and I still have absolutely zero idea how I've done it it's wild yeah I haven't unlocked any of the extra grenades yet so I, I'm not oh, a huge yeah. fan of the ice wall grenade yeah it's, hopefully, I, hopefully I, different aspects will be better now, are you ready for there to be a part in the in the raid where you have to like make an ice bridge with everyone's stasis grenades? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't uh, that be a bitch? <laughs> that'd be a pretty cool puzzle. I just that's the thing I'm like, I can't wait to see all the ways that the raid incorporates you having to use stasis. Cause I feel like it would be kind of a miss to not do that. Eh, I, I would argue the opposite. I think it'd be stupid to have to force you into using one super, let alone if you get to a certain point and True. you realize, oh, I have to change supers. And then also it's like, all right, guys, give me five minutes to recharge now. True. Okay. You got me. I take it back. Now, champions, on the other hand, they're still going to be champions in the raid. Still going to need oh. the right mods and the right weapons to deal with champions. You mean you just need Ariana's Val? Yeah, something like that. That's like my favorite gun in the game, not because it just says fuck mods, but also because it hits like a goddamn train, and I love it. Yeah. It's uh, everything okay, so, I want in an exotic. 
What 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 was the the one extra thing you want to talk about? It was uh, Blood of Zeus. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we then I guess we're we covered. That. Yeah. I think. Uh, did you have any final thoughts on Beyond Light you want to talk about then? Yeah. So final thought. Uh, the IU Hoosiers are four and zero in college football this year, and it's fucking awesome. So Beyond Light, it's 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 okay. You know. I feel like you took what I said and then ignored it and talked about what was that? Was that basketball? Co- college football. Fuck shit. Okay. <laughs> and then you just talked about college football, but that's okay. Shout out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, look yeah. forward to next week when uh, man, I don't know what we'll talk about, but hey, we'll be there. Oh, we're gonna talk about. Uh, probably gonna talk about. That some of the best games that came out last console generation because that's right. We we are the two that decided to take a new console release week and not talk about it and instead talk <laughs> about Destiny. <laughs> Look, Priorities. Man, console launches are fucking whatever anyway. But we'll oh, we, we'll I, talk about that next week. Did I tell you that I'm I'm building a new PC? No. Yeah, so I can talk about that too because I think that's pretty comparable when it comes to just talking about like new console specs and shit like that. So that, look, wait till then audience. <laughs> All right. Look forward to it until then. We will catch you guys next week. Bye.